All right, welcome to Lacrosse Talk PM. Keith Knutson, Viterbo political scientist, in studio today. Because tomorrow, we like to have you on on Thursday, but you're busy tomorrow with, can we talk about, is, is jury duty? Is that what you got going on? I've been called to jury duty in Vernon County where I live. And and you were, did the, the you were called to jury duty a couple of weeks ago. Is this a new, did you get randomly pulled again or is the case kind of going back? No, um, <clears throat> there was a possible case earlier um, in November, but um, uh the uh, the trial didn't go forward, so I I presume the defendant um, struck a bargain so that the the trial didn't have to happen. But tomorrow I'll be on a jury of a uh, apparently a one day trial. Okay. Um, can we strike a bargain in an impeachment inquiry or an impeachment hearing? Can we do that? Well, can uh, Trump I, settle out of court? I, I don't think they've reached that stage yet. Is there a possibility of that happening? <laughs> like that, that doesn't happen. There has enough. been some talk about uh, why don't the uh, the Democrats agree to just censor uh, the president? Uh, but I think that from the the, the Democrats' perspective, um, there's been enough uh, criminal behavior. Uh, exposed so that uh, impeachment uh, is uh, what the Democrats are, are resolved upon. Even uh, Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi, apparently in a, I think it was a meeting of the Democrats today, said get ready for impeachment. So um, it, it looks like the Democrats are going to engage in an, uh, uh, an impeachment uh, vote. Now, when you say on the on the floor of the House. Now, when you say they they talked about, or maybe the Republicans say, "Hey, Democrats, maybe you should censor the president." Is that taking his phone away and duct taping his mouth shut, or what is it, what does that mean? Well, censor is uh, not something uh, any political figure would want to be tagged with. Um, it would just it would be a resolution. It would just say the president has done some wrong things, but there would be no repercussions. And I think the the Democrats' argument is. Uh, the president has transgressed the Constitution of the United States, and it is deserving of being impeached and then um, standing before the Senate in a trial. Of course, the president wouldn't be there. Um, so far, the president has refused to participate in um, uh, this uh, this day's hearing. Um, it's possible uh, the president could have a lawyer uh, at the hearings of the Judiciary Committee and, and have a voice. Um, uh, President uh, Trump said for, when he was in London, uh, asked about this, he was, uh, this is a rigged deal from the president's perspective, um, and so he will not participate. But when it gets to the Senate in a trial, um, then, of course, he will have legal representation. Now, when you say the president hasn't participated, he has run out and told his pilot to, hey, fire up the chopper, I've got to talk, right? Like he's done that at least one time where he's kind of railed against uh, what Sondland did or didn't say the, a sure. couple weeks ago. Sure. The president has uh, uh, not agreed to ha- have uh, legal representation at the hearings of the Judiciary Committee. He's like the, he's the captain of like, hey, I'm going to, uh, eh, maybe, maybe I'll participate. Maybe I'll do something in writing, maybe. And then he just backs out because... But he loves to say that he might do the thing, right? Like, yes, this seems to be the style of the president. Uh, uh, you know, he does a, a, a lot more in the public realm than previous presidents, especially with his tweets. But um, not holding news conferences, but rather, as you describe it, Rick, uh, talking on the near the pad of the helicopter before he's going somewhere. 
um, taking questions from reporters. Um, it was yesterday, I think, that uh, um, he uh, fielded questions from reporters for uh, almost two hours, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's been very talkative about um, the impeachment proceedings. That was at a was that at NATO? Was that at a NATO summit? The, the, or was that the, here? There's a NATO summit in London, uh, and that's why the president is is visiting London. Yeah. And so it looks good if he's taking questions over there as opposed to doing something well, like that. He, he doesn't he, really do that here for, for like extended periods of time like that. Um, true enough. Uh, I, I think that uh, yesterday taking two hours worth of questions, uh, having a lot to, to uh, try to rebut on the, on the uh, impeachment hearing coming up today. Mm-hmm. Um, 608. 608- Seven eight five seven nine one four. The Better Hearing Center talking text line. Eric from Sparta is calling in. So if you want to throw those on, okay. And uh, all right. So Eric, you're on the air with Keith. Go ahead. Yeah, it's on. Nancy Pelosi knows how to count votes. So I think President Trump will be impeached in the uh, Congress and the House Representatives. But the, uh, watching these hearings today. It was such a kangaroo court. It's almost possible to think that these people are all in to get Trump. And I don't care what anybody says. I don't care. You say what anybody else says. There, he goes to the Senate. He's going to they'll laugh it out of court. They'll laugh it out of court to get to the Senate. Thank you very much. Well, right. nice to hear from you, Eric. Um, uh, I think uh, the uh, conventional wisdom is that uh, uh, once the House does vote, to impeach the president. And uh, one thing discussed today was, uh, will the Democrats go back to the Mueller report and include some of the uh, uh, obstruction of justice uh, that was put into the Mueller report? Um, will that be part of the impeachment uh, charges against President Trump? Uh, and, and then uh, obstruction of Congress uh, directing uh, his people not to testify, although some of them have uh, uh, refuted the, the president's direction uh, Gordon Sondland, uh, the star witness a few weeks ago, uh, a- acknowledging that there was a quid pro quo in terms of his negotiations with Ukraine. And remember, the, Sondland, the ambassador to the EU, um, basically became President Trump's, at least in government, point man. Uh, of course, out of government, uh, the president's point man, uh, as he told the president Zelensky of Ukraine, talk with Rudy. Um, and so uh, Rudy Giuliani has been running that that kind of out-of-government operation in terms of uh, uh, dealing with Ukraine. All right, we got uh, another call. I believe Darren's calling in. Darren, you're on. Go ahead. Thanks a lot. Uh, Professor, I've got a, uh, just a question uh, specific about uh, the uh, Constitution and what the Founding Fathers uh, meant by including uh, impeachment in the uh, Constitution. Uh, it's my understanding, and maybe you can shed some light on this for our listeners, that um, impeachment is not a personal thing. It's not about um, uh, the president's uh, uh, personal conduct as far as a criminal thing. What it really is about is protecting the uh, the foundation of our uh, government and the checks and balances that need to be in place so that no one branch of uh, has the ability to be above the law. Um, and I think a lot of our listeners are, are treating this as a, a, a personal thing when really what um, impeachment is is a protection to um, you know, 
I, I think that's very well put. Thank you. Um, uh, there were four constitutional scholars testifying today before the Judiciary Committee, um, uh, three uh, scholars uh, selected by the majority Democrats and only one, uh, Jonathan Turley, selected by the Republicans, um, Turley opposed to this impeachment process. Um, he testified back in the 90s against Bill Clinton and supported the impeachment then. Um, the three uh, scholars, uh, all three agreed uh, uh, impeachment of President Trump is appropriate. Um, and uh, one of the issues that they brought up that struck me was uh, the president has sought uh, foreign influence in our elections, of course, in 2016. Uh, famously said, uh, Russia, if you're listening, uh, find those 30,000 emails of Hillary Clinton. Um, and then that's what he was doing in the call with President Zelensky. And so one element of the impeachment uh, charges against the president will somehow, some way, center on especially that, that July 25th call when he asked the president of Ukraine to uh, do us a favor. Um, that is uh, undermining our democratic integrity by uh, inviting foreign influence into our elections. Um, and uh, yes, this, this should not be a, a, a personal vendetta. Um, uh, of course, our politics uh, has gotten pretty hot, uh, uh, very uh, polarized, we say. Um, uh, but uh, impeachment for political purposes is not the reason. That's why we have elections. Um, and uh, one of the arguments of the Republicans is we should wait until the election to sort this out. Uh, the argument from the three constitutional scholars who testified today, um, the president's transgression in terms of inviting in 2016 Russia in, um, uh, but now uh, this past summer inviting Ukraine to investigate a political opponent, that's a transgression against our constitutional foundation, and that's deserving of impeaching, impeachment. All right. Uh, thanks for the call, Darren. We're going to have to go to news. We'll be back in a minute on Wisdom. Uh, the most wonderful time of the year. Keith Knutson in studio talking about impeaching Trump. What a great time to be alive. Uh, 608-785-7914, the Better Hearing Center talk and text line. I believe Mark has been patiently waiting uh, to talk to Keith. So, Mark, uh, you're on the air. Go ahead, man. Yeah, Keith, I'm just um, looking forward to the Senate because at that point we'll be able to subpoena the whistleblower that seems to be uh, hiding behind that curtain. And we get to also maybe uh, subpoena Schiff to find out how much he coached the whistleblower and his uh, uh, testimony that we can't meet him in person. And I just wonder, I've asked uh, your host in the past, what do you think of uh, Vice President's comments on tape where he's bragging about the fact that uh, he was going to hold the money back from Ukraine unless he got the prosecutor fired that was investigating his son? Or is that just okay? I'm just curious what your opinion is on that. So I think uh, let's start with the last comment, Vice President Biden. Um, uh, being a braggart may not be uh, the most admirable quality in a human being, but um, the vice president was working with our international allies in uh, trying to get uh, a, a very corrupted uh, system in Ukraine uh, cleaned up. And so uh, uh, the vice president was not trying to get an investigation, that is Vice President Biden, of a political opponent. He wasn't trying to use Ukrainian in, uh, investigations for his own political aspirations. That's a big distinction from what President Trump was asking 
the newly elected uh, President Zelensky to do in, in Ukraine. Um, so I think the the comparison there, Mark, is uh, it's just uh, not really usable. Um, uh, and I think also on the whistleblower, uh, you bring up a point that uh, just doesn't uh, uh, doesn't uh, have the a capacity to continue to be used. We do have whistleblower protection laws. The whistleblower has now done his role, made, made his role, done his job, if that's uh, um, the, the way we might look at it. And uh, whistleblowers um, are guaranteed to have protection. And so we had uh, the Intelligence Committee investigations and hearings uh, and uh, we got people more directly involved in the process of uh, negotiating with Ukraine. Of course, that was Ambassador Sondland. Uh, and then people out of the State Department and the Office of Management and Budget who could uh, testify as to what was going on. So uh, getting the whistleblower, I, I don't think uh, I'll be surprised if uh, Mitch McConnell, uh, when we get to a Senate trial, is willing to transgress our laws and force this whistleblower uh, into the public view. Um, that would be uh, very dangerous for the uh, uh, integrity of our governing operation and uh, the laws of our land. Uh, a couple of texts here, Keith, uh, and they're kind of the same. Fred just says, I hope Trump is impeached. Jer says that, teach, uh, says that as well. As impeach him now, and it'll just get him reelected, and it was this was all for naught. Um, the public opinion polls have been uh, fairly steady, but um, from from the from the time uh, Speaker Pelosi announced an impeachment inquiry, we have seen an uptick in the uh, percentage of people who want the investigation, and the percentage of people who uh, are prepared to uh, see this president impeached over what I perceive uh, to be his constitutional transgressions. Um, of course, uh, the next election, uh, that's going to depend upon uh, where our independents going to see the result of this process. Uh, will people see President Trump having been picked on, or will they see uh, uh, enough of transgression if he's not convicted in the Senate? Uh, and I think the chances of conviction are, uh, of course, higher. 68 senators have to vote to convict. Um, uh, what will independent voters see out of this process? Will they see a, a president who's transgressed the Constitution exposed and uh, be inclined to vote against his reelection? Or are they going to see him uh, having been uh, unjustly uh, uh, dragged through this process and uh, want to vote to, to keep him in office? I think that's still a very open question. Libertarian guy, uh, from what you said earlier, Trump was not the president when he invited Russia to disclose Hillary's emails. He was just a candidate among many other candidates. You're distorting the truth. Um, I, I certainly recognize that Trump was uh, a candidate when he asked Russia to uh, find those emails. Uh, that should have been a warning for all American citizens that uh, president, uh, candidate Trump was prepared to transgress our constitutional foundations in trying to win that election, um, and uh, he wouldn't be impeached for that. Um, uh, I think in any uh, – uh, well, of course, if he's impeached in the House, he'll go to a trial in the Senate, and in any trial um, – the history of the defendant is part and parcel of the uh, the prosecution. 
And so the history of candidate Trump asking Russia to help him get elected in 2016 is part of the uh, uh, historical evidentiary uh, uh, procedure of, all right, he did it once, and now he did it again in the summer of 2019. Um, will he even do it again uh, if he gets off this time? <laughs> is there is there any consequences to if this goes to the Senate in a in an impeachment trial, and you know everyone just kind of assumes ah the Senate's just going to vote not to impeach him because because they're Republican led and and it, they're not going to get the vote so why even and, and part of that is why even do it is there any consequences for you know I guess Republican senators just just letting him skate by on this. It's kind of the same. There were no consequences when the Senate let Merrick Garland not get a get a hearing to become a Supreme Court justice, right? No, there's no consequences for any of this. As a matter of fact, uh, there was a consequence uh, to the benefit of the Republicans. Uh, Merrick Garland did not even get a hearing uh, after President Obama nominated him. And once President Trump... Uh, once Donald Trump won the presidency, he nominated Neil Gorsuch. Right. Uh, that, there, there are consequences to the greater, you know, the, to, to yeah. the United States. But there's no consequences for Republicans not doing, you know, what what I, I guess the unwritten rules of the law are. I guess they wouldn't be the law, but the unwritten rules are. Right. I th- this gets to what is the integrity of our election system? Uh, how are we operating our republic? What are people willing to tolerate? in our elected officials in terms of how they conduct the business of our government and how our elections are going to be uh, uh, themselves conducted. Um, And uh, uh, the constitutional scholars today, uh, uh, the three uh, uh, who were in favor of impeachment, uh, made it a point to say, look, this is about the integrity of our system. Um, uh, One of your callers called in a while back when I brought up President Trump's business history, but uh, uh, Donald Trump has a a personal history of playing up to the edge of the law, pushing the law, and uh, expecting people to protect him. Um, And uh, now our uh, our system is uh, up against this this question. Uh, Are we prepared to tolerate uh, the kind of behavior that, in my estimation, uh, President Trump has engaged in, it's a transgression of our constitutional uh, grounding. Uh, there was lots of history discussed today uh, uh, from the founders and from uh, President George Washington about the danger of allowing foreign governments to impact our elections. Um, are we, the American people, prepared to uh, abide by uh, a candidate, uh, President Trump now, candidate Trump in 2016, uh, looking to get help from a foreign government to win a public office. That would seem to be a transgression of our of the integrity of our system. 608-785-7914, the Better Hearing Center talking text line. We're going to hit Scott's comment in the news. We'll be back after this on Wisdom. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM, 608-785-7914. If you want to get in here and talk to Viterbo political scientist Dr. Keith Knutson, if you want to talk about the impeachment inquiry, impeachment vote, uh, Democratic presidential candidates, um, his walk over here in the cold. Uh, we got a couple of emails, but uh, first, you know, the the thing that went on today, Keith, and I don't know if a whole lot of people paid attention to it because I look at it. It's four lawyer, constitutional lawyers talking about the constitutionality of 
whether or not to impeach a president or impeach the president going this route. I, I just, I just hear constitutional lawyers and I kind of start falling asleep where that's your right up your alley. It's probably my, my, why you're... my ears did perk up. <laughs> I, I have to confess that, um, uh, you know, uh, Jonathan Turley, the, the, uh, Republican, um, uh, Leaning uh, uh, scholar, uh, he was uh, appointed by the Republicans. Well, to, to he do was this invited panel in or, by the yeah. Republicans. Um, he argued that uh, the impeachment uh, process was going too fast. Um, I did read a, a, a rebuttal uh, to that. Um, uh, this is not an especially fast process of impeachment. We've had seventy-one days. Um, I think with. Uh, uh, previous uh, impeachment processes, this is about similar. Uh, the, the, the impeachment of Bill Clinton in the 90s is quite different because, of course, Ken Starr, uh, the special prosecutor, had been investigating Bill Clinton initially for Whitewater, the, the business uh, deal that he, uh, Bill and Hillary uh, entered into back in Arkansas. Uh, that started very early after uh, Clinton became president, um, and Starr uh, then uh, began to investigate uh, what Clinton got impeached for, lying about his sexual relationship with Monica Lewinsky for a long time. So um, uh, the Mueller investigation lasted about a year. I think the Starr investigation lasted three years or even longer than than that. So uh, those investigations are, are, are different. Uh, because of the whistleblower complaint, which came to the Intelligence Committee, uh, the idea that Adam Schiff talked with this person, no. Uh, the procedure is that the whistleblower would be reported to the Intelligence Committee because it was an intelligence issue. Um, that's the procedure. Um, uh, then, uh, of course, the investigation began. Um, uh, our, our emails that are thinking there's collusion or something there. Um, yeah, yeah. Text it, text it in from Fred. Keith is oblivious to all the information pointing directly at Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton that started this Russian collusion and now Ukrainian narrative. Uh, and then he wonders if you read anything from judicialwatch.org uh, that's uncovered much of this. I, I don't read Judicial Watch. Um, uh, I, I, I'm aware of them. And I, I think it's a uh, they were pretty much involved with uh, uh, the impeachment uh, charges against uh, Bill Clinton. That is in the media. Um, um, I think they have a pretty significant um, right leaning conservative bias. Um, of course, uh, President Obama was involved. Uh, he actually tried to get uh, the leader, the Republican leader in the Senate, Mitch McConnell, to take this Russian influence uh, uh, seriously. And McConnell was very slow to move forward. Uh, we call uh, we call him Moscow Mitch now. I don't know if you know. <laughs> um, I, I've heard that. Uh, I've heard that one. Um, so the idea that uh, this centers on um, uh, Obama and Hillary Clinton herself um, seems quite a stretch to me. Uh, uh, but our our, our uh, emailer might send us more evidence about what he uh, uh, thinks is going on there. Um, is there another uh, question coming in? Uh, yeah, well, there's there's the a couple messages? other couple other texts, and they're getting pretty long here. So there's a lot of long texts. So Ryan texts in laughing, a lot of ha-has and exclamation points. But then he said the same could be said of every president before him. I think we're talking about uh, when a president says, uh, you know, give me the give me the emails or something. Uh, so he texts in, why weren't they impeached? He just said it, Trump just said it publicly off the cuff to maybe see if anyone would bite. Okay, so on that one, of course, Roger Stone has now been 
convicted of lying to Congress about his activities on behalf of uh, candidate Trump in 2016 and in getting these emails hacked by the Russians um, uh, uh, available to the public. And then they, they hacked the, uh, the Democratic National Committee headquarter emails. John Podesta, um, the uh, campaign chair of, of Clinton, a lot of his uh, emails were, were released. Um, so I think when, when candidate Trump said, hey, Russia, are you out there? Uh, Roger Stone um, uh, came through and uh, uh, is now faced with going to prison uh, as a result of his nefarious activities in this whole affair. Uh, another message? No, well, it, it just uh, on Roger Stone, he just got uh, he just went through a jury trial, right? And in, in, I in, think convicted was, on six or seven counts. And was found guilty, and he'll he'll be what? He'll be sentenced sometime. in January, I believe. And he's one of you know any number of if you want, however you want to count them, of Americans that are affiliated with Trump. He's well, I don't know if they're Americans, but one of six people that are either going to jail already have been to jail or are in jail, you know, the top guy there being Trump's, you know, personal lawyer, Michael Cohen. Uh, what is he serving? Uh, three years? I in think prison? a three-year term. And uh, George Papadopoulos, you said already? Papadopoulos has served a short time in jail. Uh, he kind of kicks off this whole Russian influence thing. Um, he uh, informed an Australian diplomat about... Uh, uh, a professor from Malta, I guess, and uh, uh, Papadopoulos ended up uh, spending some time in jail. Yeah, and Papadopoulos, a former Trump policy advisor, he 14 days in prison. He pleaded guilty to lying to the FBI. Paul Manafort, Trump's former campaign manager, found guilty uh, in a Virginia court of tax and bank fraud uh, in August of 2018. And uh, I think one of the more uh, uh, concerning uh, uh Trump associates, Michael Flynn, who became the na- the first national security advisor. And how many national security? We're at three I now? Think, uh, I or think we're up to four. Uh, uh, well, the third one, John Bolton, uh, Just uh, recently quit. Uh, so now I think we're on number four. Yeah, and we haven't, we don't even have one, right? Like, because we don't have an official. Because he has, don't they have to be approved by the? I think so. Uh, we have an acting national security uh, yeah, advisor, right? And and much of uh, President Trump's administrative uh, executive administrative staff is uh, acting as opposed to being confirmed. Yeah, Michael Flynn, Trump's first and former national security advisor, pleaded guilty in December of 2017 to lying to the FBI, but nearly two years later has yet to be sentenced. <clears throat> but I think back onto this Ukraine thing, which is really the the topic of. Uh, uh, the impeachment. Um, uh, Ru- Rudy Giuliani, uh, we're now learning, has had quite a few phone calls with Trump administration officials. And of course, two associates of his, they are U.S. citizens, but uh, originally from Ukraine, um, have, uh, they're, they're uh, being, uh, they've been arrested. Uh, they're not in jail. They're going to be tried for uh, campaign contributions, um, going into uh, the Trump campaign coffers. Uh, and uh, uh, we're learning more and more about the, the activities dealing with Ukraine, looking for investigation and political advantage, but also looking for financial advantage. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to find those guys' names. Lev... Love Parnas. Love Parnas, and one's like Igor or something, right? A uh, uh, Fruman. Uh, the last name is Fruman. Fruman, yeah. Fruman. Uh, uh, so, yeah, those guys, uh, uh, the Soviet-born associates. So you said well, Ukrainian, Ukraine, but Ukraine at one was point, part of the Soviet Union. At one point, they were in the part of the Soviet Union. Love Parnas, Igor Fruman. So, yeah, just the the perfect uh, 
affiliates of, of Rudy Giuliani. I think they, they fit well together, those three characters. Right. Um, I, I think there's more to come out on, on that whole element of this episode. Um, yeah, and then that's that seems to be a little bit of a sideshow at this point. When you talk about things moving too quickly, well, there's also like eight other things going on that, that I feel like if we had time, they would all come together at some point, right? They're all going to merge all these other... Well, I think uh, if we're if we're talking about the impeachment process, then we're we're looking at the activities of this pre, uh, this current president. Has again, has he transgressed the constitutional bounds of what he may do? Um, directed at his reelection efforts. That that's really what what this impeachment inquiry is about. Yeah, because you can throw so many things like, and a lot of emailers and and texters and callers do that. They, but Barack Obama this and Hillary Clinton that and, uh, you know, and, and I'm throwing, hey, Giuliani this and Lev that and Igor, you know, like there are so many things. But like if you just if you want to, like, turn your fog lights on, uh, the, the, the the main thing is, hey, Trump tried to use uh, congressional funding to, to bribe uh, Ukraine to look into Biden. And that's that's it. Like we're, it's all said and done. Like that's the only thing that we really need to focus on. That, well, well, that is the crux of it. Uh, 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 Gerald Nadler, the chair of the Judiciary Committee, did bring in the Mueller report uh, at the start of the uh, hearings this morning. And uh, uh, we've already talked about this a month or two ago, but uh, uh, Robert Mueller, uh, when he testified in response to one of the Republican congressmen, when asked, could President Trump be uh, uh, charged, uh, tried, and even convicted after he leaves the office, Mueller twice said, yes, that's a possibility, because Mueller felt that uh, he couldn't charge President Trump, uh, 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 he couldn't charge a sitting president with criminal behavior. And he was very careful to say, look, I'm not saying uh, Trump did engage in criminal behavior. This was Mueller. He's, uh, uh, he actually went back and, and when it was uh, sounding like maybe that's what he was saying, he clarified, look, I'm not here to say that. Mm-hmm. That's your job. Uh, and the constitutional scholars uh, said that to the uh, committee today. Look, this is your job as members of the Congress. You are the protectors of the Constitution. That's why the framers put impeachment into the Constitution. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to take another quick break. We'll be back to wrap up with Keith Knutson from Viterbo after this. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM, 608-785-7914, the Better Hearing Center talking text line. That is the only Kenny Rogers Christmas song I could find <laughs> in our file. Uh, I believe, uh, what is it? Uh, we got one caller on. I think it's Bob. Bob, you're, you've been waiting. Go ahead. You're on with Keith. Yeah, hi. Um. First thing, Rick, um, I've asked you, and uh, there's a lot of people I've asked you to, to uh, find a like a Republican to. Um, okay, Bob, you got you got something to talk about, or Keith's in here now, well, so you're wasting time. Yeah, um, yeah, Doctor Knutson. Um, Hi, Bob. Are you a, are you a Democrat? I am. Do you consider yourself a? Moderate Democrat or a left-wing Democrat or a far-left Democrat? <laughs> um, I'm a Democrat, Bob. Um, do you think our our country is based on capitalism? Do you think our country is good the way it is, or do you think it be, should become a socialist country? 
Um, I'm an advocate of uh, social welfare programs. Uh, one area of my study is comparative politics, European politics, and I see that, uh, especially on their health delivery systems, some kind of nationalized, um, uh, often not-for-profit uh, health delivery system actually produces, uh, provides better results. So uh, I'm, uh, I'm prepared to uh, have more, let's say, government involvement uh, in our health delivery system. Uh, We'll go back to the phones. Eric is back on. Eric from Sparta, go ahead. You're on. Yeah, Mr. Knutson, i got to tell you, uh, Trump is going to pass through all this stuff. He's going to get reelected. He's going to um, appoint probably one or two Supreme Court justices. What do you think about that? Conservative judges of the Supreme Court. Well, I've already talked about the possible election in a year, um, and I think that's going to be quite dependent upon independent voters. Those of us who are Democrats, and um, maybe, Eric, you're a, a Republican and the previous caller as well, uh, we seem to be pretty uh, well set in our views. Uh, and so it's uh, people who don't have a party affiliation, um, uh, people who are truly independent. How are they going to see this process? What do they think about the behavior of the president? And uh, how will this impeachment uh, uh, in the House, uh, if, 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 when the House does vote for impeachment, and then it goes to the Senate, uh, how will the, uh, what uh, will the trial bring out? Uh, is there anything uh, additionally to be brought out in the, uh, in the House for the impeachment? Uh, but, uh, um, you know, I think as we saw in 2016, predicting election outcomes can be a little bit harrowing, especially when we are a, a, a closely divided uh, society today. So I'm not going to venture a, a, a prediction. Uh, certainly I have my uh, aspirations for that result. But uh, uh, I think we, uh, we live in a, a, a democratic republic that is uh, in a democracy, free, fair, and regular elections determine who our representatives are. That's the republic side. And uh, uh, if we're going to remain true to our 250 years of history. Let's keep our faith in the system. Uh, let's work through this process uh, and uh, see what the outcome is. Uh, a texter, Ryan texting in, aside from calling me names and saying that you only look at pictures and headlines on the internet instead of reading things, uh, he did say, that's right, what did they find in the Mueller report that it that did not obstruct justice? So... I don't know if that makes sense. I, 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 I think uh, Robert Mueller found uh, evidence of obstruction of justice um, or, or evidence that could lead to that. Again, Mueller uh, did his job. He investigated uh, uh, the issues, presented a report, um, and uh, then told the American public uh, the Justice Department has a policy where a sitting president may not be uh, indicted. Uh, he also told us if he could have exonerated the president, he would have done that. He couldn't do that. Uh, so clearly the report has some, in my estimation, damning evidence. Uh, but Mueller left it up to the people whose job it would be, uh, the House of Representatives, uh, to impeach. And the, the Democrats didn't go ahead with that. Now, when you say he could have exonerated the president but didn't, isn't it funny that he, if he would have found evidence that exonerated the president, he could have said you're exonerated. However, he would have said that, but he couldn't do the opposite if he had found evidence that did. You know what I mean? Like he put forth the evidence, and uh, of course, he worked for the FBI. He's accustomed to charging, uh, having people charged with transgressive, transgressing the law. Um, 
uh, the, the Justice Department of the executive branch of the government of the United States has a policy. A sitting president may not be indicted. Um, and Mueller let us know that, and that influenced uh, the way he presented the information. Why do we have that policy? We could, I mean, we have one minute to talk about this, well, but like, uh, it's just a weird policy. The, the purpose is to uh, um, keep presidents from being um, uh, harassed in office uh, by those who want to go after a president, um, uh, flimsy charges, so that there's just this this. Gover- uh, office of Legal Counsel is the, the office that wrote the papers twice. Presidents may not be charged. Flimsy, like paying a stripper or paying a porn star hush money, stuff like that. Stuff like that. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> oh, wait, you, that you happened. Tri- you tricked me, Rick. <laughs> uh, all right, we just got 50 seconds here. Real quick, Keith, what, what can we expect going ahead? Uh, you know, we had the couple of lawyers on today, constitutional lawyers. I, I guess we just got 30 seconds. So what are we? what's next? Well, uh, the Judiciary Committee, uh, I do believe, is scheduled to have more hearings next week. Um, uh, there is actually more information that could come back to the Intelligence Committee because, of course, it, it's that committee which investigated um, – the uh, uh, the whistleblower complaint and uh, uh, conducted those hearings. Uh, there's more information coming to light. These phone calls of Rudy Giuliani to executive department officials. Some think maybe to even to the president, which uh, which if is the case, then uh, yeah, and that was new information we didn't find yesterday. We hey oh we have phone call records of r- some r- of this r- stuff, right. So. Um, that's why these uh, things often take a long time to investigate. Um, and in charging a president, we do want to be clear that there have been legal transgressions. Uh, the record of the phone call for someone like me is evidence enough that the president uh, was seeking a bribe from uh, the Ukrainian government. Uh, he was trying to use public funds, $400 million, earmarked for Ukraine, to get something that he wanted, which would affect uh, his potential election, re-election outcome in 2016. My view is that's a transgression of our constitutional boundaries. Sure. All right, Keith, uh, back in your next Thursday? I hope so. Okay. All right, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll be back with Keith next Thursday. I'll be back tomorrow on Wisdom.